Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I, I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. You might notice that we have a fifth with us at the table today as we do the introduction. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kim. I have escaped from behind the paywall. Yes. (laughs) 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 So we've got her here because we got something the other day in the P.O. box that's got a little something for everyone in it. And I thought Kim should be here because one of the things in the box is for her. What? It's human heads. Yay. Somehow our own. Oh, oh no! no. From a wax museum, yay! <laughs> a, bleak, a, ha- a haunted wax museum. Oh, <laughs> a bleak portent of things to come. Oh, uh, so this is from uh, one of our listeners. This is from Jax. Go on. I'm just excited. <laughs> I've opened a box. Uh-huh. That was a satisfying oh, box good. opening sound. Thanks. thanks. Uh, so I, I'll, we'll start with. Um, we'll just. We'll oh, start. this is so slow. This is torture. <laughs> I think He's I trying it's... not to make too much bad noise, I, but, I, I, but I, we've I, explained that we're opening a. Package. Yeah. So, so we'll okay. start with. I'll just go around the table this way. So Megan is last. <laughs> oh, wow. <bastard. laughs> uh, so this is this one's for Tess. Okay. Oh, <gasps> I'm S- gonna cry. I'm gonna cry so hard. Oh, hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> it's so cute. I'm emotional. So good. It's a little stuffed Godzilla. It is so good. It looks it, handmade. It's a little. It's, it's a little crocheted. It's, a, it's like a little chibi Godzilla. Oh, oh my it's so God, cute. You guys, I'm tearing up. Uh, Jake. Oh, fuck yeah. It's a crocheted Pokeball dice bag. <laughs> Megan. Oh, it's a bee. <laughs> and it's got a flower in its head. Hair. I don't know. <laughs> it's hair? It's I don't fur. know. <laughs> Carapace. Kim, I will send you yours in a package, uh, but we have a little sleeping <gasps> Virgil. Oh, oh, my God. 
He has never looked that gentle in yeah, the entire not two years of enough. life. Uh, and then mine. Mine only makes sense if you uh, watch our Twitch channel. <gasps> is it? Yes! It is a recording cake. Oh, <laughs> recording cake. oh my, oh my god. god. So good. If So yeah, if you do not know what recording cake is, you can go to our Twitch channel and find the horrific lore that Kim and Megan have generated for me <laughs> <laughs> and the artwork that goes along with Rev, it. Rev, you were an equal participant in the lore. Megan and I just yes-anded it into like oblivion. <laughs> I cake before recording, yes. Everything after that is a nightmare for me. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Jax. Thanks, Jax. Thank uh, you. You're amazing. You made me cry. It makes me so happy that we're just randomly getting mail of things to to share. Along the lines of, uh, as silly as that sounds, things that make me happy, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody for listening. This is just slightly late, but last week we passed half a million downloads. Incredible. What? Nice. Yeah. So thank you, everybody who listens and who shares the show. It really means a lot to all of us here. We are so excited to have you with us, joining us every week. Uh, so yeah, that was a very fun milestone to cross uh, as we work our way actually towards our three-year anniversary, which will be at the end of May. You know, while we've got Kim here, actually, we just sat down, four of us, and did the Session Zero for one of our Tales from the Omniverse for Abyssal. Uh, Abyssal is being run by Laura, who ran last year, Fate of Cthulhu. And with Laura, we are doing another, uh, this I believe will probably again be a 12-part Omniverse that we are recording over the course of four months. Everybody want to give me like a little a little hint at what it is you're playing? So the, the setting of this game is that we are in like 1970s Las Vegas, and monsters, uh, the Abyssal as they call them in this game, exist... And try to find ways to kind of get through and be a part of society. So, um, yeah, what are you, what are you all playing in this? How how small of a hint do we give? Uh, you can talk about like your playbook or yeah, hell, Where, man, whatever. Werewolf mobster. Yeah, werewolf mobster. Nice. Uh, changeling stage magician. Nice. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. If one of her parents was a demon. Hot spicy. What what is it? What is it? Um, The devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, And I will simply say this I'm playing as Grimsby. Oh my God. Tass wasn't here for the character (laughs) creation, so this is a reveal for him, too. I'm so excited. I am playing as Grimsby. So uh, if you would like to join in, with all of our Tales from the Omniverse fun, you can head over to patreon.com slash the crit show and our tiers start at just $1. I think with that, it's time to fill this yarn bag with dice. That's true. <laughs> and also for the recap or the show to start. <laughs> I don't care which one it is, the sword, the spear, whatever. Throw it to me. And in this moment, you are compelled to do it. Uh, then I go try and take the spear away from Tess. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm fighting what's in front of me. If he's coming up, I assume he's backing me up. So there is a brief moment where Tass is striking at this ghoul and he spins it backwards and there's a moment where his hand is a little loose on it and Jake snatches it out of his hand, pivots and throws it towards Esten. And Esten reaches out his hand and catches it. He stands up and he lets out a sharp whistle that echoes through the cave and then he vanishes. Jake, what the fuck, man? Fuck, he like dominated me. 
I think I can set up a ritual that can tell us where he went. Is that what I should do? The magic fills this makeshift circle that you have put together, and it's not strong enough to contain it. And this roof, with you on top of it, vanishes. And the three of you in the top of this building come crashing down onto the ground. You see far ahead of you large, open cave mouths and metal tracks and small carts. And Jake, you see a wooden sign lit by a small light that you recognize. The sign reads, Deep Valley Mine, Caitlin Township, Illinois. You have all just come tumbling out of a tiny rift in space on top of this cement roof crashing to the ground. And as you pick yourself up from the rubble of this rooftop, Jake, you see the sign for the Deep Valley Mine in Caitlin Township, Illinois. What are you all doing? Okay. That wasn't how that was supposed to go, was it? No. Oh, man. Everybody all right? Uh, I think so. I hurt pretty bad, but I think I'm okay. It didn't. It didn't work? Then where are we? No, I think it worked. Uh, I mean, because we definitely moved. I just didn't mean to bring the whole roof and kind of smash us. Sorry. That's okay. Ugh. Yeah, that was like magic backlash or something. Oh, everything hurts. Mm-hmm. And completely unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> as far as any of you know, in care yeah, <laughs> you guys don't know any better. That's okay, man. That's all right. We're at, um, I know this mine. We saw this mine in the other, the other earth, the soul bat earth. This is where we had to hide the, I like get in close. I huddle up with everybody. This is where we had to hide the nuke. The nu- the nuke? Yeah. You guys had a nuke? Sorta. It was being used against us and we buried it very deep here in case it went off. But that's in a whole other reality. So it's fine. There's not a nuke here, right? Yeah. Nothing persists across realities. Uh, oh my god. I just I'm just saying it's something to be aware of. Probably not, but we should know about it. So is this where is this where Eston is? I mean, I guess mines kind of make sense for there to be ghouls around, right? Yeah, it's like a huge ghoul house. He must be down there. Um I mean I'm not like intricately familiar with the inside of this, but I could navigate us around a little bit. Uh hold on, hold on a second. And I wanna try to reach out and see if I can detect anybody. All right, roll tune in. Nine. All right, you get to hold one. Where is the creature right now? In one of the larger tunnels straight ahead, you do get the sense of a very feral mind. Does it feel familiar, like the, the ghouls or like Eston? It does. It feels like the ghouls. Okay. Uh, That way, there's a, there's a ghoul, at least one. I can't tell if there's more, but I mean, probably if this is where he has his whole ghoul school set up. I really like ghoul school. That's really good. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> <sighs> Um, does anybody want me to look you over before we head in? I wouldn't be opposed. All right. Don't make any quick movements. All right. Roll medic. Nine. Uh, you can heal two. You're not unstable though, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, heal two. Thank you. Jake, how you feeling? Uh, I mean, I could use it. Yeah. All right. Hold still. Seven. So that is same. Either stabilize or heal two. Okay. All right. So we don't know how many are ahead of us? No, I can only kind of find one at a time, I think is how it works. If I try to push more, I can see if there are more, but I'm only getting one. That doesn't mean there's not more, though. Well, what do we do? We can barely fight these things one at a time. Do we try to sneak in? Maybe. Let me just go up to the entrance here and try to get a feel. If we're looking for a direct route, maybe something will just seem kind of right to me, and I'm going to 
go to the entrance and try to like focus and see which one of these feels like the safest path to Eston. All right, roll trust your gut. Eight. So that is a general direction to go. <laughs> you get the general sense of forward into the cave. I think we should go in. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Look, man, I'm trying here. You never know. You're, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I forgot that I just lost your spear like 25 minutes ago. So I'll put more respect on this from now on. And I mean, if you're sure that like going in is a good idea, I, I was doubting it at first anyway, just because it's like it's real dark. And I mean, I assume they could probably see in the dark if this is where they're living. Yeah, probably. But if you think it's a good idea, then maybe we'll be better off than we think. Listen, I think a good idea is retiring. but with what we got let's bull ahead and uh, i'm gonna get out my headlamp and click it on and then actually maybe turn around with the headlamp on wait a second (laughs) what time is it i'll I'll look at my phone it is 11 45 at night same date yes same date oh fuck yeah i okay i screwed this up much worse than i thought i did we've lost what 11 hours give or take Something like it. Okay, so there goes our time advantage. Um, but we're we're still in the right place. I guess if you get ghoul thoughts and you got a vibe that we should go in, then surely we're in the right place. Or else I just like fully screwed this one. Well, we gotta go see. This is where we were brought. We gotta see what happened or what's happening. Either way, uh, and I'm gonna grab the shotgun. I think from the rig and start with old trusty. Did you name it that at some point in the canon? Yeah, just now. This is the canon. True. So is the shotgun. Wait, is is the shotgun old trusty or the canon? Two things can be true. (laughs) Which one's new trusty? New trusty is the submachine gun, actually. No, you are. No, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so describe to me, what does this look like? How are you all going into this mine? I am going to have the grenade launcher out, but I'm going to... I mean, I'm paying attention, but I'm assuming that somebody else will notice a ghoul in the distance before I do, because I remember now that I can't use this very close, not at all. It's got it's got to be quite far away. So I'm prepared to like, if somebody's like, oh, they're down there. Okay, I can use the grenade launcher now. Yeah, I think I just want to prepare myself to go into this cave. And as we as we push a little farther on, I want to kind of keep trying to reach out and see if I can pick up on where this thing I felt where it might be. Okay. Yeah, so as you all start to head into the opening of this mine, Megan, roll tune in. Eight. All right, you get another hold one. Where is the creature right now? It's about 50 yards away straight down this tunnel. Hey, guys, stop, 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 stop. I can tell that there's one of them like 50 yards down this tunnel. Is that, is that far? <laughs> <laughs> is that a little? Is that a lot? <laughs> I don't know. Should we be worried? Yeah, it's like half a football field. Okay. Which means I think I could safely grenade launcher it. Is that is there such thing as safely grenade launching something? I mean, I think it's like it's not a binary; it's more of a spectrum. But yeah, we definitely uh, got hit last time you did that. So I just yeah, but that thing was way closer than fifty yards. That was like was it fifteen feet maybe? Okay, I trust you. Uh, but yeah, there's there's at least one of them. I can't do shit. The only thing that I have that could hit that far is a sniper rifle, and I have to have eyes on it. Can I click off my headlamp and? get out my night vision goggles to put on and see if it's just in the tunnel ahead or if the tunnel turns or, you know, I just want to see if I can notice anything. 
Yeah, you swap out the goggles. You don't see it ahead because the tunnel does descend. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how much of a shot you'd have anyway. The tunnel descends, so you'd have to get just the right arc, and I don't know that we have that. Boy, am I glad you checked that. Okay, well, let's. you're the eyes now, I guess, so keep scooting us forward and let me know if at some point I can shoot it or stab it or whatever. All right, here we go. And I want to try to start creeping slowly ahead. All right, so you all start creeping down the straightaway of this mine, and then it starts to descend. And once it begins to descend in front of you, you can see now about 15 yards ahead, there are a cluster of ghouls laying on the ground. It seems like they're sleeping. You can just barely see them at the edges of your night vision. Oh, there's a cluster. There's a few of them asleep. Do we want to try and take them out while they're sleeping before they're aware of us? We can try. When I had the real big rig version of the light gun, it could take them out when they were defenseless, but... I don't know that that little thing's going to do it. We might get some shots on a couple of them, but I don't know about all of them at once. We could always sneak past them or try to. Yeah, we could. So what do we want to do? Give it up now and take some shots and make some noise getting rid of these so that we're not sandwiched or try to get past them and chance being sandwiched later. How about this? One or both of you try to sneak past them. And if it succeeds, no problem. I can teleport to you. And if it fails, we've got them flanked still. Sounds good to me. Do do you want to go or should I? I can do it. I've got the goggles on so I won't make any new light trying to sneak past them. But there's no guarantee that if I have to bring you with me on the teleport that we get to him. (laughs) Right. Okay, well, maybe we'll just go together then? That's up to you. I'm going to go. If you want to as well, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. All right, both of you roll. Act under pressure. Tass, I think... With at least a minus one for wearing this big metal rig of guns. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, can I try to jinx to help out here? Sure, roll it. Ten. All right, you get a hold two. I'll use one to help a hunter uh, and give them a plus one forward. I'll give that to task by, I think, interfering with these ghouls that are sleeping and just so they just like kind of roll over and, and get real snuggled into where they're at <laughs> in their little snuggle pile, their little cuddle puddle. <laughs> This is all way less horrifying and much more adorable all of a sudden. Yeah. And then I'll use the other hold to recharge my necklace. Okay. All right. That brought me to a 10. 13. Nice. Yeah, you were both able to sneak past these sleeping ghouls. As you get closer, you do see that there are four of them here asleep, but you were able to get past them and a little further down the tunnel. Nice. Well done. Yeah, you too. Yeah, and I'll uh, reach out to Jake telepathically. Okay, we're good. Uh, Okay, I'll teleport to Megan. Yeah, you appear next to her, and the bright flash of fire does not wake the ghouls. Oh, good. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. And uh, I'm going to take point again and just slowly move forward and try to listen for anything. All right, roll read a bad situation as you start to lead everyone deeper into the mine. Okay. Eight. All right, you get to hold one. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Because of the goggles that you're wearing, you're able to see that as you start to travel down, there are offshoot tunnels that you can clearly see have been dug by the ghouls, and there are a fair number sleeping inside of these offshoot tunnels, uh, but you are able to spot them well before you get to them, and the mine shaft is pretty wide as it descends, so you're able to move everybody to the other side of the hallway. Like, there's never two of them dug across from each other, because it kind of seems like they're territorial, even though they all seem to be under Esten's control. Okay, so yeah, I'll just keep very slow and steady and as quiet as we can go. So as you all move forward through the tunnel, moving fairly slowly, you think you're probably doing like a 40-minute mile right now. 
You know, I said that the ghoul tunnels are never across from each other because they seem to be kind of territorial. But with your night vision goggles task, I don't think you ever get to a point where when you see one, you couldn't turn back and look and see the other. So they are within viewing distance of one another. They're just not overlapping. Got it. Got it. So no, no crossroads per se, but these are pretty close. So you've been going for about a half hour. You're still seeing ghoul tunnels. You're not always seeing ghouls inside of them, but you are still seeing tunnels. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now you'll start to see Fable and Folly Network shows are offering bonus content to all existing and new supporters. Find exclusive new episodes from shows like Civilized and Realms of Peril and Glory. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. Is there anything else that you all want to be doing as you move your way down? This is a pretty slow descent, um, and you can feel at times that you are rounding corners and going down. And I think that after a half hour, you've maybe come to your first ladder that takes you straight down, but now you're back in a long opening again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to keep reaching out for Esten, but like I also am aware that that could go really wrong. And I think with how many ghouls we've passed safely uh I'm, I'm feeling a little anxious about that guys i don't know what to do right now um i can keep kind of reaching out with my mind and trying to see if i can pick up on Eston, but if i fuck it up then it's gonna make it pretty obvious where we are and we're just we've passed so many of them sleeping and i don't like how many of them are in between us and our exit right now and i just uh, i don't know how often i should try this there's just so many of these little tunnels like i i've still i got the sense that we should come in and keep going but who knows if these little offshoots really do lead to some other secret tunnel or something. I mean, I think it's worth still trying it a couple of times. As long as you're not doing it every three minutes, it, it's worth chancing it. Well, how long do we think this is? Absolutely no idea. I thought you guys had been here before. Not in this part of it. Oh. And it was in another world, so who knows how many little differences there are. Gotcha. I guess I'll try it again just to see if I can tell. If, I mean, it's not even telling if we're on the right path because if I don't sense him, I don't sense him. I don't know if we're going the right way, but I guess just be ready. Uh, be ready. <laughs> yep. I trust you. All right. Roll tune in. 13. All right. You get a hold three. Where's the creature right now? Yeah. You reach out your mind as far as you can. And we've kind of established that it's like two city blocks that you think you could reach your mind out. Yeah. And you still get just the sense of ghouls. Okay. Yeah. I don't... Uh, I don't sense him, so I think we have to walk for a little while more, and then I'll, I'll try again. I think I can get a couple more times safely here, but for now, nothing. Okay. Uh, let me try one more thing, too. And um, 
I sure don't think I've ever tried this, but I want to open up my sight while I have these night vision goggles on and see what chaos ensues here. Your mind folds in on itself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, roll investigative mystery. Okay. Nine. So close. All right, you get to hold one. Is there anything being concealed here? With your sight open, you do notice that as you start to pass one of these ghoul tunnels, you see the glow in the ceiling of ley lines. Like it seems like there is magic running through this mine and that a lot of these ghoul tunnels are dug to the locations of ley lines. You actually see some that have been emptied, but you see some others that have a little bit of magic left in them. Whoa, you guys. There are ley lines everywhere down here. A lot of them have been sapped, but there's still some energy, like they're digging to the ley lines and it's running the length here. I guess I, I don't really know how those work. Is that something we can utilize? Uh, utilize how? I don't know. It's just like a lot of power, right? Like, can we use it to boost our own abilities? Like, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to find Esten and I can only get, you know, like a couple blocks any direction to try and figure out where he is. Can I kind of tap into this to make it go further? Is that a thing? I'm just nodding and grinning at Jake. I mean, I like the idea, but I don't know. You're not like magic exactly, right? You're like, dude, I don't know. I have no idea what I am. I don't know where any of this comes from. I mean, we can try. Like we've used the ley lines to, and other people we know have used the ley lines to give a a power shot to things before. So we can definitely try. Uh, And I think Megan, as Jake is saying this to you, down one of the tunnels um, that you can see there is a single ghoul sleeping, but further past it, you can actually start to see the glow of the ley line. And I'm going to invoke your impulse control. (gasps) Uh, your impulse control right now is telling you that, like, yeah, if I just sprint down this tunnel and plunge myself into the crevice where this energy is, I will be able to increase my powers and reach Esten's mind. So as a reminder for everyone at home, with all of Megan's dark side tags, uh, it is do what the little voice tells her and get experience or don't do it and lose access to her powers until the end of the mystery or until she caves into its requests. Yeah, I don't think I fight this at all. I feel like I feel like this is a good idea. I can see it and I can have this idea in my head of I fucked up before and I, I froze and I didn't get to Essen in time and bad stuff happened. And if this is something I can do and make it work, then I can find him and I can fix it. Okay, so Jake and Tass, you see Megan looking down the tunnel that you're discussing and she just breaks into a sprint, leaps into it. And there's a ghoul in it, right? Correct. Uh, I think as a reflex, as an instinct that I don't know what I'm doing, I try to banish the ghoul. Roll it. Ten. All right. And so remind us what happens when you banish something evil. It's unharmed. I have no control over where it goes. Um, but on a ten plus, it's banished. It is no longer in my presence. So yeah, this slow flame boils up around the ghoul and it is drawn into the earth and is gone. And there she goes. That is some serious TJ energy. And I'm going <laughs> to take off after her. Same. I like how the poor impulse control dark side tag gave me TJ energy. <laughs> Megan, you get to the end of this tunnel and there is a soft blue light emanating from a crack in the earth. What are you doing? I think I hold my hands over it, kind of like I'm warming them on a fire to mm. see if I can feel anything. You can feel Almost like an updraft. Like, it feels like there is force coming up, but there's no wind, there's no heat, but you do feel force coming from it. I'm going to touch it. And what is your intent when you touch it? 
yeah, looking at this, I think I'm still kind of riding that impulse control of, of being able to harness this and use it to boost my power and, and find Esten. So that's what I'm trying to do. All right. So Megan, you plunge your hands into this energy and from behind Jake and Tash, you both see that purple glow that Megan has sometimes when she's using her abilities becomes insanely bright and the soft blue from this crack flows into her body. Uh, Megan, I believe you have two left on your tune in, so you can still use those. Yeah, I will spend one of those hold to see if I can find where the creature is right now. So you're reaching out with the intent of Esten specifically, and it's almost like looking through a kaleidoscope. Normally you get a sense of where a creature is, but for a brief moment you get a glimpse of where. And it's like you're looking through a pane of glass, and it shatters, and you look through another, and it shatters, and it shatters, and it shatters, and you see him in a place with a stone floor, and there's a large vat in front of him, and he is injecting something into this vat, and you can barely see that there is some large creature inside asleep. You get a sense that you are going the right direction, that it is this way, but somehow it seems like it is much further away than it has the right to be. And I will use my other hold to ask, what is it planning to do right now? Right now, Esten is planning to finish the experiment that he is currently working on and then test his power sources, because now that he has a chosen weapon, he thinks he'll be able to create his chosen. This purple energy around Megan very quickly snuffs out, and she falls backwards, kind of groggy, in front of you. Ugh. Ugh. Hey, 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 are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I just, oh, that was a lot. What happened? What made you do that? I don't know. I just, I saw it, and I wanted to do it. It seemed like the right thing to do. Well, I can't argue with that. What happened? Did you get anything? Did you get charged? Like, we saw the energy flare up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw Esten. Um, man, it was really trippy. Uh, there was, it was like seeing him through, like, a bunch of, like mirrors or panes of glass or something like I could I could see him but it wasn't super clear and I kept pushing forward uh it was kind of like a like a kaleidoscope and I saw him it, there was a room with like a stone floor and there was like a big vat that had a thing in it that he was injecting something into and he seemed real pleased with himself and I was trying to figure out uh what he was doing and he was he was doing some sort of experiment and he plans on uh testing his power sources to see if to see if it works now that he has now that he has your spear. So he's doing it. He's he's trying to make it work. Yeah. Oh shit. And man, I don't know how to explain this. It was it was really weird. I feel like we are going the right way. This is this is the way he is, but it seemed like he's so much further away than he should be. Like it doesn't make sense how how far away he is, but it is on this path. I wonder if he's got some kind of like portal relay set up or something. That like maybe the way to him is at the end of this, but it's not, he's not at the end of this. Like we get to the end of the portal and there's a doorway that leads to somewhere else that leads to somewhere else or something. Maybe that's what those panes of glass were. Yeah. I mean, the floor was stone. It didn't seem like a cave floor. The floor was like, what, like cobblestone? Like. Yeah. Kind of like it looked, it looked built like it was made. Um, Is that what the floor and Fanner and Esten's? lair looked like in haven yeah no the the stuff in haven wasn't exactly cobblestone it was it was much more like squared off stone but it was a stone floor still okay i at least don't think he's in fanarin or anything all right i guess we just better keep going and make the best time we can if we know we're on the right track yeah let's move 
All right. So with the idea that you have the sense that you're on the right path, both from what Megan has gleaned and from what Tass gleaned at the opening of the tunnel, I think we have a bit of a time lapse here of the three of you walking through this mine. There are dog ears and there are ladders that lead you down. It takes you about three hours to get to a point in this tunnel where up ahead of you, you see a strong blue glow filling the entirety of the mouth of the tunnel. Does it look like ley line magic? Not exactly. It's not that soft blue. It's a pretty staunch, vibrant blue. Does it look like magic, period? Yes. Can I kind of get closer to it and look it over and see if I can make anything of it? Yeah, roll investigative mystery. 11. All right, you get a hold too. What can it do? Based off of what you saw Megan do tapping directly into the ley line, it seems like this energy amplifies magic. Uh, what is being concealed here? The thing that's being concealed here is this blue is very bright. And you think that part of the reason that it is so bright is because through this field of energy, it is very bright on the other side, and it's not just the energy's brightness that you're seeing. So it does seem like a portal to somewhere. It does, except for the fact that it doesn't have that element of a portal, like there's no edge to the energy. You see it covering this hallway and like bleeding through the rock, like there's no hard edge of a portal. Well, this seems like it leads somewhere, but it's not as definite as I would have expected. But like, it looks like there's something super bright on the other side. Like, it seems like it's a portal or a window or something. I think I'd take off the night vision goggles at that just because it's probably getting so bright. I can't see if we're getting closer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've made it this far. I guess we see how this works. I jump through. Same. I'm going to draw the submachine gun and follow. The three of you jump through this energy field and you get this deep, intense headache. Unlike anything any of you have felt before, except for you, Tess, it kind of feels like that moment when you became the chosen, that this energy is flowing through you, filling you up, almost tearing you apart before it pieces you back together. And in this moment, the purple energy from Megan becomes thick and dense and swirls around her body. The submachine gun that Tass is holding in his hand has runes all over it, and it sparks with energy. And Jake's flaming sword, the fire, rushes down to the hilt into his hand and transfers to his other hand as his hand blazes with fire. Here are all of your new playbooks. Oh, <gasps> what? What? Oh, shoot. So, Tass, you are the gunner. Jake, you are the sword mage. And Megan, you are the scion. Uh, so we are going to take a couple minutes here and make these characters. We'll be right back. All right, we have taken a not insubstantial break and made these characters. So why don't you all let me know what you're rolling with now? Uh, and I should mention, we are in Dungeon World mechanics here. Maybe not Fanarin, but definitely Dungeon World. Uh, and with that, I also actually want to take a moment to thank Mark Tigert, uh, from Castle in the Mist. Uh, I'll go into more detail as to why I am thanking him later. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to thank him for some of the things that you are going to see here. Uh, so I am playing the Sword Mage. So my strength is plus two, int plus three, wisdom plus one, con plus one, dex zero, charisma zero. Um, because Rev told us we were starting at level six. So I've taken some of my, my level up stat point attributions. Uh, my damage is a d8. I have 21 hit points. 
Uh, and my background is self-taught. So I learned how to mesh the art of sword and spell on my own, um, which lets me start with uh, an extra move. Um, so to start out with, I have a move called Blade Bound, um, where basically I'm bound to a specific weapon, and if I don't have it, I suffer. Uh, blade Magic, where I roll, and if I do well, I hold magic, and I can spend my magic to do a few things, like elemental energy blasts or extra damage. Sword and Sorcery, I can use my int to uh, to hack and slash instead of my strength if I'm holding magic. Uh, arcane Sight, uh, when I discern realities, I can always ask what here is magical, even on a miss. And Blade Dancer, uh, when I hack and slash, if I hit, I take plus one to my blade magic. Uh, so those are all the things I get right out of the gate. And then the ones I picked are Blade Barrier, uh, where I can use Int to defend if I'm holding magic. Mage Armor, where if I hold magic, I have extra armor and I can reduce some damage. Uh, and then two that I couldn't not take because they are so on the nose. Dimensional Blade, when I hold magic... Uh, I can spend it to teleport to a location that I can see. And Elemental Blade, when I use blade magic, I can give my bonded weapon a tag, like blazing or forceful or freezing or shocking. And I can also add that to my ranged attacks with magic. Uh, and then my, my big boy move, my level 6 move, is Aegis, uh, which replaces mage armor. So I get some extra armor and I can do some damage reduction for myself or nearby allies. Excellent. I will be the gunner. Uh, so I have a strength of zero, intellect of minus one, wisdom plus one, con plus one, uh, dex plus three, and a charisma of plus two. Um, so my background that I have for this is called magical. My gun channels magical energy. Uh, I reload, which is a mechanic here, uh, with charisma, and with a thought, I can teleport my gun to my hand. And my gun harms creatures that are vulnerable to magic, but conversely is less effective against creatures resistant to it. And uh, which of your guns in traveling through this magical energy uh, was transformed into your gun? I think it was the SMG. I think uh, it has transformed, which actually is like the first one of these main starting moves that I get automatically, uh, is I pick a gun. And so I have gone with the rifle. Um, so its tags are that it is near, far, two-handed, one piercing, noisy, and two weight. With enough time, I can actually tinker with that and change my firearm to a different type. Um, so there's these other two types, an alchemical and an organic gun. So if mine becomes damaged or destroyed, uh, I can take some time and switch that out if I have the necessary materials. The other main mechanic for this is called Amufacture. Uh, so my maximum ammo, this is a, a weapon that works in ammo, is three. And I can't keep the gun loaded all the time because of the nature of it. So I can't maintain the concentration of that. So when I'm ready to use it, I need to roll Amufacture. And on a 10 plus, I can set my ammo to three, seven to nine, two. And on a miss, I still set it to one. But this is one of those things where it is also in addition to whatever you tell me happens. Uh, the other one I have is scoping out the scene when I discern realities by slowly scanning a room while looking down the barrel of the gun. I can ask you what creatures are hidden even on a miss. And the last there is concentrated fire. When I roll volley on a 10 plus, I can spend an ammo to choose one. Uh, I can add an extra d6 to my damage. Damage or destroy some of the target's possessions, and the GM will tell me what, or stagger the enemy for a few moments, or cause them to flee for cover. And the ones that I picked uh, for the advanced moves, I have Bullseye, so I always deal plus one damage on a volley. Elemental Bullet, 
So when I'm using my gun for a volley, uh, I can add one of the following tags, blazing, freezing, or shocking, go for broke. Uh, when I volley with a weapon that uses ammo, I can spend all of my ammo and roll not just plus dex, but also plus the ammo spent. So nice little boost there to hit. And hitting the old dusty trail when undertaking a perilous journey. If I'm trailblazing, I just take a 10 plus on the result. And then lastly, Deadeye. When I volley, I also deal an extra 1d4 damage. Nice. I am playing the Scion, and my strength is plus 2, dex plus 2, constitution plus 1, intelligence plus 3, wisdom 0, and charisma negative 1. I have a d6 for damage, HP of 20. My background is called talent. Uh, you learned it naturally. When did you start hearing thoughts? You're adept at slipping in and out of the minds of other creatures. For my starting moves, I have telekinesis, so I can mentally manipulate an object I can see. And then if I have a complete success, I can move it around as long as I can see it. Um, and there are some things that go along with that. My other move is Mind Thrust. When you hammer a creature or object up to around 10 feet away with mental force, I roll Intelligence uh, and then Telepathy. You can establish a mental connection with a nearby thinking creature, allowing you to communicate with them and, if they are willing, enter their mind and learn what they know. You can only maintain one connection at a time, and if they move too far away, the connection is severed. When you try to enter the mind of a creature against its will, roll Intelligence. Uh, and then if I have a complete success, I can learn some things about what it's thinking um, that are interesting or useful. Uh, and when I use this move, the target knows that someone is trying to force their way into their thoughts. However, with the move that I get starting with my background uh, called Slippery Mind on a 10 plus, they are unaware. Uh, the other advanced moves that I picked through the level ups are called an object in motion. Uh, so when I use telekinesis, I can move objects about much more quickly. I can use telekinesis to hurl an object and treat it as a weapon with the near and thrown tags. Uh, and then when I volley, I roll intelligence. Mind hammer, uh, mind thrust gains the near and forceful tags. Mind over matter, when I use telekinesis, reduce any penalty you take from the object size by one. Thought Spike. When you use telepathy to enter a creature's mind against its will on a 7+, you can choose to either deal damage or stun it for a few moments. And then the one that kind of banks off of that move is called Memory Thief. When you use telepathy to dig around through another creature's thoughts and memories, on a 12+, you can steal it, causing the target to forget it. Oh, that's so good. So as you all went through this energy, you know, I described the one kind of specific thing that changed about you, the energy roiling around Megan. Uh, Jake's sword going out and the magic transferring to his hand, Tass's gun uh, becoming covered in runes and magic symbols. Everything else on you looks the same as when you came through your clothing. Um, so tell me about how it structurally looks the same, but now looks different taking on the characteristics of the armors and things that you have gained. That was kind of a weird way to, to say that, but like I know Tass has like leather armor. So he's still got his IPT dress pants and vest, but now they are like a, a thick leather. So yeah, describe to me what he you, just what looks you look like, like a, a cowboy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of though. I think it is almost like everything is a version of chaps and stuff now, you know, uh, with the vest being denser um, and just little switches too. Like my med kit is now filled with stuff that's a little more appropriate, like poultices and herbs and uh, bandages. 
And uh, even my big boot knife is a little slimmer. And some of the mass from those has switched to these three little throwing knives. And so it's stuff that's like just adjacent. Yeah. I think pretty much the only changes about me are that my armor looks like it's made of a hide instead of a metal now. Uh, and that the blade of my sword is black instead of silver. Uh, mine's a little interesting. So I have a chitinous armor. So I think my my overalls just kind of like have that dark green kind of shiny look to like a like a beetle's chitin. <laughs> like this world can't parse denim, so it turned it into the next closest thing. Yeah, which is apparently just beetle just armor. Beetle muck, <laughs> beetle pants. Um, and then for my gear, uh, I have a staff made from a mysterious substance. It's a staff that's made out of like a salt, like a like a pillar of salt. Yeah, it's like, yes. a, it's like a pillar of salt. But it's like, um, have you ever like watched how they harvest salt, like sea salt? No. So they like get a bunch of like the water, and then they essentially like let it evaporate out, and then all they do this whole process where the salt comes through in like these shelves, basically. So I think it just looks like just a piece of that just like ripped off. Oh, so okay. It's, it's it's not like sculpted. It's, I think it's still kind of like jaggedy and has a lot of like the crystallization of salt. Is it kind of like corally looking? Kind of, okay. yeah, but like as a staff. That's awesome. Yeah, so and any other gear that you have on you that you had in Monster of the Week that does not transfer to Dungeon World essentially just looks rusty and unused and won't function here. Uh, is there anything else anyone has that they want to go over about their, their character sheet before we jump back? I do have one other thing in my gear. Uh, I have two capacitors, which are kind of like these crystals where if I enter an area where like I have a negative one for psionic abilities, these crystals will like break and take on that negative one instead of me. Nice. So you can still do your full thing and the crystal pays the price. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. As the three of you pass through this energy, you land in snow about up to your knee. Out in front of you is just open air and wind and snow blowing. And in the distance, you can see the peak of a giant snow-covered mountain. What are you all doing? Is there any sign of civilization literally anywhere? Is there like smoke coming off the mountain or anything? Or are we just full on in the wilderness? Roll to certain realities. Okay. Nine. All right, you get a hold one. Uh, what should I be on the lookout for? So in the sense of trying to find any form of civilization as the wind blows the snow across your vision, you do see far ahead the small yellow-orange wink of firelight, uh, and it seems to be off to your left, maybe a mile or two away. Uh, and then thanks to my move Arcane Sight, when I discern realities, I can ask, what here is magical? As you look into the distance and then activate this arcane sight, you do notice that between the light that you see of the small fire and where you're all standing right now is a woman. She seems to be floating a few inches off of the snow, and the bulk of this storm seems to be centered around her. And you realize that the howl that you have heard in the wind is not the wind at all. It's her dull, slow shriek.
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium in The Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Newly promoted Inquisitor Lucius Valentine has received visions of the death of the immortal God Emperor. With few options before him, he teams up with hive-bred criminal siblings Lyric and Alto. Together, they must defeat a cabal of shadowy foes to save the Emperor and the Imperium. Can this trio of unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? The Emperor is going to die in a year. My job is to make sure the Emperor doesn't die. Because if the Emperor dies, the Astronomicon goes out. And the only thing keeping the Imperium alive is the fact that we have a very large navy and a very large army and space marines, and they shoot everyone. It's delightful. Praise the Emperor. Thanks for that. But if the Astronomicon goes out, we have no navy, we have no ability to defend ourselves, and the Xenos and Chaos will overrun us instantly because there will be no defense. So every planet will turn out like Galen's glory? And that would be the best case scenario. Which is why we need to keep the emperor on his throne. I spit in my palm and put my hand out for a handshake. Am I supposed to do something in return? Is this, I'm sorry, I just don't know what this is. Alto's like, yeah, like this. He spits in his hand and puts it out towards you as well. Then I spit in both palms and shake their hands separately. (laughs) We have an inquisitorial band. Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, available now.